And that music can only mean one thing. The Delaware Valley Journal is on the air. The weekly podcast of DelawareValleyJournal.com where you will find the stylings and amusing anecdotes of Todd Shepard. And you know what plural for anecdote is, right, Todd? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, anecdotes, actually. No, no, it's the, it's the the plural of anecdote is not data, or it is. I forget. There's always a fight about it, whether anecdotes are data or not. I, I get all confused on that. Tell me, why shouldn't uh, union members and energy industry folks who decided to bet on uh, Joe Biden here in Pennsylvania when it came to the presidential race, shouldn't they feel a little confused by what they've seen so far? I, I mean, I, you, know, you, you knew he wasn't going to be, you know, Mr. Let's expand uh, carbon fuel or anything. But, man, this first week has got to be tough. Uh, I just don't even know what to say to that. Uh, I, 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 look, I'm not trying to defend the administration. I, I still think right now they could be just sort of trying to do some some signaling to trying mm-hmm. to do, and again, I, it, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to be wrong about that. I, it, it could obviously turn out to be that, the, you know, uh, two, uh, two is a coincidence and three is a trend, right? right? And we're, we're kind of at the three mark right now. Um, so I think, you know, once it starts to go further than that, it, it gets a little interesting. And by the way, I, I, I would also add to that. It seems like the federal options are start are. The low-hanging fruit on the federal right. side is already starting to run out, and anything further at this point starts to get into the state level where it just gets really hard. And you know, the uh, not only are the federal options you know running out, the Biden administration has already backed down, and they've said that tribal lands will be able to issue, will able to obtain new permits for drilling. So they're even doing a carve out for a special interest group already. Oh. I just think it's, uh, you know, it, it, seeing the lineup of people like John Kerry and others say to the people in Pennsylvania who the Biden administration acknowledges to their credit are probably going to be hurt and, you know, they're going to be jobs lost by this push. Well, you can just get a job making solar panels. You know, it's, it's not, you know, you don't put down your, you know, pipe fitters, you know, welding whatever and and then walk over and start slapping together chinese elements for a solar panel that's not how the real world works and i wonder how the voters who were so turned off by hillary clinton with similar comments five years ago are going to react now yeah those don't those jobs don't transfer and it reminds me of uh wasn't that the bill clinton's big breakthrough when when he was at a town hall and and someone sort of accused him of fa- you know favoring one policy that would destroy some jobs and he gave this really I feel your like it was I think it was the start of the whole I feel your pain oh. kind of meme with Bill Clinton mm-hmm. when he said well you know this is why we've got to retool and we we got to do all this and uh so that it did I hear you slipping into your cheesy Bill Clinton impression there uh, you just heard me slipping into my <laughs> oaky Arkansas accent which brings me back to your original point the point about tribal lands I was tempted to make a joke there. Well, that's basically all of Oklahoma, thanks to the uh, Supreme Court decision from last year, right, that said right. the United States had actually incorrectly reneged on a, 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 a treaty with mm. all of these Indian tribes. I mean, that's it's literally the whole eastern half of Oklahoma now. So, uh, but yeah, I, it, I, I 
look, it, it goes back to what you and I said on this podcast probably two weeks ago where um, the, the, the union guys that work in energy now uh, have they are they have tremendous clout right, right now, just in the same way that Joe Manchin does in the Capitol. No, that's, a, that's a very good point. And it's fascinating to think of the transition from Bill Clinton to Obama and Biden from I feel your pain to learn to code. And uh, I just wonder how long the learn to code message is going to uh, to hold up. How long do you think is the we're not reopening your schools message going to uh, uh, hold up in the Delaware Valley? I've really been impressed whether you agree or disagree with what the parents are trying to do. This parents for in-person education group, they are serious about trying to use their political clout to get classrooms open again. Yeah, you know, originally suing the Hatboro-Horsham School District to try to get some leverage there. There will be developments uh, in that case in February, like some hearings in court and so forth. But what they, the, the extra steps they've done, they've created a PAC now, uh, and the PAC is now organizing a rally to go rally, uh, not at the school districts, but to go rally against the the teachers union, the PSEA, which, uh, look, in, I'm, I'm sure this is probably true for 45 out of the 50 states, when you're listing the 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 big heavyweights in politics the the state teachers union is always in the top five or six you know no kidding so uh they're really uh, they're really trying for a david and goliath situation here and uh we've been on top of all of these developments at delaware valley journal and uh, you'll you'll keep if you stay with us you'll stay on top of all of those developments and not everybody has to be pushed out of office, as we uh, the Democrats in Delaware County learned this past week on a story that you were pushing weeks ago, Todd Shepard. Delco County Council Chairman Brian Zydek says he's not going to run for office again. And we were on the forefront of this office. Uh, we are uh, this office. We were on the forefront of this story. We heard a, we were getting really good qualified rumors, uh, but they were rumors. Uh, that Zydek wasn't going to run again. We reached out, and I was surprised that he called. And at the time, he said, "Uh, to be honest with you, I haven't really thought about it. I'm pretty sure, I didn't go back and check the tape, but I think when we talked about this back in January, we said, look, if a politician who's already in office and is the chairman of whatever, you know, group he or she is in, if they can't just jump in and say, what are you kidding? Of course I'm, are, are you crazy? Yes, I'm running again. If that's, if you get any other answer but that, it means they're not running again. And so that turned out to be the case here. As he said, I'm going to go spend more time with uh, my, my my family. I'm going to spend more time with my business. And uh, I think the question now is obviously what kind of changes does that make to the council? I think most people that I'm talking to is they expect to they see a, a further leftward shift with him leaving. And uh, there's already talk that there may be some other uh, people who decide that they want to move on to pursue other options, as they say. And you will read about it first, as you did with the Zydek story at Delaware Valley. Is this going to be the thing for this podcast? (laughs) It's all the first. By the way, we have our first uh, presidential, one-time presidential candidate coming up in the interview section of the podcast, Todd, former governor and 2016 presidential candidate Jeb Bush is going to talk about school choice and his efforts on that uh, on that behalf. So you want to stay. And, and instead of you doing the interview, as you usually do for the podcast, I happen to steal this one. So I'm taking all the credit. Well, uh, whenever I hear that name, I just think to myself, Jeb. 
That's almost as good as Lamar. I like them both. Hey, uh, what's the story with Montgomery County and COVID? The uh, we, we, we have an unwelcome uh, viral tourist in town. Is that right? Yes, the, the variant has popped up here. And uh, of course, this is this feels just the same way that COVID sort of first interrupted our lives last year, right? There was that news of the first case in all of Pennsylvania. And now so many cases happen daily. It's you just don't even think about it. And and now we're starting to see these stories pop up all across the nation. And, and now Montgomery County says, yes, we have a COVID variant. It's the UK strain or, you know, because there are apparently two or three variants. Um, but this one, what we know is that the person was a bartender uh, and officials are just hoping that uh, where the person was working, that that the social distancing stayed in effect, all of the protocols, the masking, hand washing, et cetera, was all in effect. Uh, and that spread of of that through the bartender was low or non-existent if protocols were in place. Yeah. And uh, a lot of worry about these new strains coming and throwing off the vaccination efforts. And Pennsylvania is not exactly uh, leading the front of the pack when it comes to distributing uh, vaccines. So uh, it's going to be tough. I assume you saw across the river or sort of across the river, north and across the river, that uh, Governor Cuomo has been called out for the uh, nursing home deaths in New York. Uh, we've been tracking the, the impact of COVID on nursing homes since Delaware Valley Journal really first began uh, almost a year ago. And now we find out that the attorney general of New York says the numbers there were uh, were hidden, that only about half of the nursing home deaths have been attributed to the proper cause. Well, let me chime in there with something that I've been hammering on here at Delaware Valley Journal for the last three or four months, and that is government transparency. Uh, when I was texting with a friend about this, the, this breaking story today, uh, I said, you know, the big problem is New York's open records, open records laws, they stink. They're terrible. <laughs> and and this really matters because when it comes to getting accountability on something like this, it's not enough to just trust a single uh, attorney general or a single prosecutor. Journalists play an important role in in putting together a larger piece. Um, heck, they may have accidentally done it with records they already got before the scandal even sort of erupted, if you will. So it, it, again, uh, I think just Pennsylvanians should be you know, pretty grateful that by and large, uh, they've got an open records law that if I were to give it a grade, it'd probably be a B or a B minus. And, but that's still, that's way above the curve for the rest of the nation. And at least that has given them some kind of insight into how the Wolf administration and Levine, Dr. Levine handled the nursing home crisis in Pennsylvania. And speaking of grades, we're going to speak to former Florida governor, Jeb Bush about his efforts on behalf of school choice and have parental attitudes changed about choice in the wake of the COVID virus Coming up next here on the Delaware Valley Journal podcast. Governor, I just want to say that of all the Bushes who have run for the White House, you're the one Bush I actually wanted to win. Uh, did you support, just out of curiosity, you supported <laughs> Bill Clinton in 1992? Oh, no, no. I, 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 cast, I, have cast, I have cast many dutiful— Al Gore and, and John Kerry, I'm just curious. <laughs> Governor, I'm a former Republican flack. I've cast many dutiful votes. But the reason why I uh, was fascinated by your work is that you've been focused on free markets and how they can improve people's lives. If I understand this 
schoolhouse.world project you're doing with uh, Sal Khan. Uh, that's the mission here. Do I have that right? Sal Khan's been a friend of mine for a long while, um, passionate about reaching millions of people all around the world, giving them a chance to, to rise up through, through um, being, you know, self, basically it's a, a tool for parents, uh, Khan Academy is a tool for parents to have their children be successful in school. And, and, and basically it's just harnessing the technology that we use in everyday life, right? I mean, we, we have, we, we embrace technology uh, in ways that gives us tools to be successful in every aspect of our life and gives us enjoyment and, and, uh, and purposefulness. And this is a way to do just that and perhaps the most important service that any government provides to its populace, which is a high quality, no-nonsense education. We need to empower, empower parents and students to take charge of their education and, um, and thrive and, and move to a system where if struggle, you're struggling, you have a chance to get remediation. And if you're thriving, you have a chance to accelerate your learning rather than having little butts in a seat for 180 days to find the education experience. Before we get to the empowerment part, I just want to ask about the mixed feelings a lot of parents have about online education tech. A lot of them are obviously frustrated by schools that have remained uh, you know, out of class and they're having Zoom yeah. class or hybrid. What would you say to parents who say, oh no, not something else on the computer? <laughs> well, Khan Academy is, is recognized by uh, literally millions and millions of, of American families. Um, it's, uh, it's an enhancement. It's not, it's not replacing anything. So it's, it's, it's the highest quality brand in this, in this business. It's embraced a lot. So I don't think there's gonna be a problem there. There is a problem of school districts across this country, particularly big urban school districts that default to the fetal position in effect in the corner, you know, sucking their thumb and saying, oh my God, we can't open. Where Chicago, for example, hasn't opened since March and the unions are threatening to strike even though they don't have that right anymore. Uh, whereas, Florida has seven of the top 20 school districts in the country. All of them have been open. There's no um, massive outbreaks of infections. If you put on the, the proper safety protocols, uh, students get back in the classroom and teachers can teach. And, and so my advocacy is have a bias towards action rather than a bias towards defaulting to, you know, to defeat. Um, and this does point out something that is pervasive in many parts of the country, which is the unions dominate K-12 education in some places. And when they do, students, students are punished. Governor Bush, Florida has been a pioneer in the area of uh, school choice and education reform. Uh, could you talk a little bit about your experiences in Florida? Yeah, I mean, look, first of all, we, we're probably, I'd say this, the city of Milwaukee was the first uh, place where there was any kind of voucher program uh, in scale. And after that, Florida became um, the place where, starting in 1999, where we began this journey of private school choice. And we've, we have a very robust charter school system as well. And um, I'm nerdy enough to, to realize it was important for us to collect data. If you don't measure, you don't really care. We, we're a treasure trove of data, which is why a lot of the research researchers come, because we have longitudinal data now that suggests that... that um, Parents are more satisfied, students learn, and public schools get better. Why, why would you, this is, this is really um, an interesting, uh, the argument is 
your, uh, the, the public schools will suffer if parents are empowered to make choices for their kids. The data suggests otherwise, that, that uh, public schools rise to the challenge um, if you create an accountability system that rewards improvement and have a different alternative when it's mediocrity or failure. So if you have a robust accountability system and you empower parents, you, you'll see a rise in student achievement. And that's the data that exists. And we have, we have a, a, a voucher for kids with ex exceptional needs that if, they're, you know, if, if their IEP, their individual education plan is not met, they can unilaterally without arguments send their kid to a private school. We have 30,000 kids doing that. Um, if you are, you know, we now have an ESA, the largest in the country that um, is directly funded out of the funding formula. So ultimately we'll have uh, families with 400% of the poverty level and below be able to go to the school of their choice. Uh, we have the largest corporate tax scholarship program in the country with, with uh, over 100,000 kids going um, to private schools, low-income kids. And then we have the Gardner Scholarship, which is kids with special needs uh, that, that have uh, more severe challenges. Uh, that's fully funded as well. So the net effect of this is we probably have more school choice, private school choice by far in the country. And parents love it. I mean, they, they, now there's a constituency for choice the world didn't come to an end uh, by all of this. The world got better for education in Florida. And it's recognized as such by all the indicators that we were at the bottom of the pack. And now we're, you know, in some places we're, we're national leaders. One other element of this that's, that's interesting, which is that, you know, there, there's this notion that somehow you're siphoning off uh, money for the public, you know, the public schools. Well, you're empowering parents to make choices for their children, just as we do with, uh, you know, an array of government programs. Um, and, in, for example, the corporate tax scholarship program is the, if you go to take a, a, a voucher from, the, from that program, it is lower than the per student funding that uh, a kid would get in a public school. So it saves money. Now, mm -hmm. the bureaucracy on top of these kids has to figure out ways if they're losing students to become, you know, more efficient. Uh, they have to be challenged. There's, you know, there's a big overhead expense that needs to be shrinked. Uh, that's fine. I mean, that's part of uh, getting better in, in terms of delivering of a service. That happens in the private sector all the time. Somehow this notion that, gov you know, the government entities can't reform themselves and, and be, be a more efficient uh, institution is ridiculous. Of course they can, and they do. Um, and I, I, I would say our per student funding in Florida is less than national average. But if you look at the actual money that goes into the classroom, uh, it's probably above the national average because we don't have these huge pension costs uh, that many states sadly have to pay before they even start educating kids. You mentioned also earlier Governor Chicago. And I just wonder, as a education reformer and former governor, your thoughts on what teachers unions are doing across the country in places like Chicago and Northern Virginia and San Diego and Nashua, New Hampshire, where local parents have actually started a recall drive to get school board members removed because they can't get classrooms open at all in one of the, the neediest corners of the state. I'll tell you what, it's embarrassing. Um, and I hope that there's attention given to this. Uh, there, are, there are many school districts around the country uh, that either were forced to or embraced the idea of opening. Uh, and they did it 
in a very thoughtful way. They did it with safety in mind and parents um, are thrilled by this and students are gonna have a chance to have a year's worth of knowledge in a year's time. The, 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 the poor kids in Chicago and Fairfax County, which is an affluent school district just outside of Washington, DC, are going to struggle. And the social costs of this, um, the increase in child abuse, domestic violence, I mean, we can't just be quarantined forever. We have to have a bias towards action. And I mean, I think as you know, people that love their neighbors and love, love their country, socially distancing and wearing a mask is more than appropriate, but uh, shutting down everything, uh, there's no evidence of it. Look, I, I'm a nerd, I'm nerdy enough to read the um, infection rates per 1,000 on a seven day rolling average. And there's no correlation between the cities and states that have shut down their communities uh, and infection rates. There's none. So why would we uh, stifle people's chance to, to thrive economically, to succeed economically, and, and, um, and stifle uh, millions of kids from being able to be uh, successful in school? It's, it's, we're going to look back on this, and the people, the advocates of, of closing are going to look really bad. Well, then, Governor, why, why do you think the teachers are doing it? I mean, what do you think they hope to gain? Uh, money. It's all about the economic interest of the, of the um, people they represent. In many parts of the country, by the way, uh, the teachers union represent uh, half of their members are teachers and the other half are, are school personnel. So this is, uh, this is a question of power and economics. But um, there's going to be, you know, I think there's, there's already pushback, as you've mentioned, as parents are saying, look, I can't go to work. I've lost my job. I can't go to work because I have to take care of my kid and my, or kids. And my, my children aren't learning because the school districts weren't prepared to provide high quality online learning or even a hybrid format. And um, this has sensitized a bunch of parents about the inadequacies of many places, many public school uh, districts in our country. And from that could come some positive benefits of moving to a more customized learning experience where parents are, are more trusted, uh, empowered to make decisions for their children. I, that's my hope. You know, because if not, these learning gaps are, are devastating, particularly for low-income kids. Uh, and this K recovery that has been imposed on people is going to create social strife uh, for many years to come unless we rectify it. Governor, we really appreciate your time. God bless. So how did I do, Todd? <laughs> we try to set the bar low here at Delaware Valley Journal so that I can exceed it. Uh, it rem that reminds me of, of YouTube, right? Like the great thing about YouTube is it lowered the standard for video quality <laughs> for anything you do, right? Well, to me, the the issue of school choice has always been uh, people in terrible school districts desperate to have an out, whether it's a voucher, whether it's a scholarship, they just want out. And then you had these suburban parents saying, no, stop. We're paying these incredibly high property taxes and driving an extra 30 minutes a day so our kids can have these excellent schools. And we don't want to just have the resources, you know, kind of swamped by people, you know, from everywhere else. We don't want to, you know, we, we, we came here, you do what we did, move. And that's been the tension. And I wonder, Todd Shepard, as you see more and more parents in the affluent corner of, of uh, southeastern Pennsylvania saying, hey, maybe this school choice thing 
it works. Maybe we do need options after watching the the behavior of the teachers unions and the school bureaucrats. If that might not be a rising tide lifts all boats moment for parents who really want to get their kids access to higher quality education. Hard to imagine that there's not, I mean, gosh, I, I hate to use this course kind of corny corporate speak, but the, the, look, there's a paradigm shift going on in education and things just will, ne education will not be the same in America because of this pandemic. It's one of the most radical shifts we've seen in American social life that will be long lasting from the COVID pandemic. I absolutely agree. And we'll be covering those shifts at Delaware Valley Journal. And where can people find our coverage, our reporting and our snarky comments, Todd Shepard? On Facebook, go to the search tool and just type in Delaware Valley Journal. Uh, gosh, you might even only have to get halfway through that before it auto-suggests <laughs> that and uh, a MyPillow. And uh, <laughs> uh, at Twitter, under uh, we are at DV underscore journal. And, of course, you can always email me tips, suggestions for stories, or if you've got an op-ed, know somebody that does, email me, Todd, T-O-D-D, at insidesources.com. And if you have trouble doing any of that, I'm sure that uh, Governor Jeb Bush can get you a tutor. He's Todd Shepard with Delaware Valley Journal. I am Michael Graham with Inside Sources. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the Delaware Valley Journal on the air.